I want to say thank you for uh, the, the privilege to share with you this morning. And, uh, you know, when we speak of missions conferences, uh, uh, really we are celebrating missions, but we are celebrating the privilege that we have to serve the Savior. It is, a, it is the call, the divine call that we have, the responsibility that we have to be engaged and, and serve um, our wonderful Savior. So I, I would like today to share on that direction. And I have a passage that I like to read first. It is a well-known passage that has to do with the Great Commission, but I'm not going to approach it in a traditional way. I will focus more on the responsibility, the imperatives of the believers today. So if you have the scripture, and if you want to help me with that, it is Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, and the verses uh, from, uh, from 16 to uh, verse 20. It is the last address that Jesus had to his disciples. And you know, uh, imagine, it was so important what Jesus, the, the last time he addresses before he went to heaven. So it was so uh, uh, a choice words. Uh, 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 very important message that Jesus wanted to communicate to his disciples. But the 11 disciples, verse 16, uh, chapter 28, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus has designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubtful were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and in the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, please pour your grace again over us today. And we thank you for the presence of your spirit. And we pray, Father, that today will be a moment, will be a few moments when we'll be challenged and encouraged to love you more. Uh, our hearts, we want to have our hearts open, our minds open, so you can speak to us, so we can make a difference for you. Lord, I pray for me also. And humbly I bow before your throne of grace, and I pray that your spirit will, will give me the right thoughts and the right words, so it will be all for your glory and for praising and glorifying you, because we pray in Jesus' name and through the leading and the wisdom of the Spirit. Amen. 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 You know, um, as, we, uh, as we look at the uh, crisis that, that all over the world we live in, there are political crises, there are uh, economical crisis, financial crisis, uh, there are spiritual crises, social crises, and indeed for sure there are moral crises. And therefore more than ever before I believe that the church and the believers today need to be very active. It's not the time to be passive. But not only that, when you look at all the prophecies that have been fulfilled, most prophecies, major prophecies have been fulfilled. There are just a few that, that, that remains before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So looking at all of this, especially when you see that anti-Semitism taking place, and even in Europe you hardly have any Jews in the land anymore, and still there is hatred against the Jews. When you see talking about and discussion politically about Jerusalem, all of this points out to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. And the clock, it, it's, it's about, I would say it's about, in my opinion, it's about 1145. And more than ever, believers are called to, to be active, are called to be engaged. It's no time for spiritual arthritis. It's no time for spiritual rheumatism. I believe, you know, we are all going to be held accountable. Amen. Amen. 
because God has invested in us. Apostle Paul calls us that we are ambassadors of Christ. We represent the interests of heaven here on earth. So uh, I, I hope that, you know, this morning's message will be an encouragement for you as a believer, as a, and you're going to see this, the Christian believer, not just any believer, the Christian believer is called to be obedient to the call and the commandment of Jesus Christ. And why I'm saying this, you know, anytime we come back but on, on the way here, I ask my family, I say, listen, you guys have to pray for me because, you know, preaching for about four years in Romanian, you know, and you have to switch, you know, uh, uh, into English. It comes out sometimes Pentecostal, but it comes, you speak languages, you understand to use Romanian words and English words, so, but, but it comes out of, out, of a, out of a heart that desires to serve the Lord. So, uh, I, I hope you can p uh, cope with me for the next uh, half hour or so. I wanted to share that when we come back, it's exciting when we come back, and I'll tell you why. In spite of the problems that we have here in America, in spite of the problems, when I come back, I want to kiss the ground. I, I, this is the most wonderful nation on the face of the earth. And you know, God has blessed America, and we are praying that God will continue to bless America. And I tell you this, I am Romanian, but I have been given the privilege, the honor to be adopted and call myself an American citizen. And I thank God for that. And I say this, and you know, I grew up in a communist world, and I know how it is to be in a country where you have communism, where you have socialism, where you have atheism, and where you have humanism. And you know, the believers, and I'm going to share in the, this morning how believers, when they decades of oppression, no freedom, how they are making the most of every opportunity today. Because I want to challenge you and encourage you. We have freedom here, and we got to make the most of it. To glorify the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, when we come back, we have a few things that we love to see. You know, one of, the, one, one of them is Starbucks. That's for sure, you know. But after the Starbucks, when we come back, we want to go to, to, and we plan it in such a way to go to the, the San Francisco car show, you know, in October, every year. So me and my son, we did, we went to the car show in October, and we left all the women alone. So we just, man, we just go and see and spend uh, all day at there. And we've seen beautiful cars, you know, but among others, there were one. I mean, you know, you, you, you just, when you come from Europe and, 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 and you, you come to the States and you see those big trucks, I mean, those huge trucks, beautiful, uplifted. And you see, we've seen the new Ford. And I think it was about uh, uh, one of those uh, turbocharged or whatever, uh, 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 6.7, uh, uh, I don't know, about 400, 500 horsepower. And when I seen that, I said, man, that's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, you know. And uh, uh, I, you know why I'm saying this? Uh, I'm fascinated, especially when you come from Europe and you see those matchboxes on four wheels, you know, on, on the streets, you know. And when you see these big trucks coming, I mean, I found out that every American man has a truck, a big truck. Then he goes to Home Depot and buy two screws with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he's got a truck, you know what I mean? Why I'm saying this that today, I don't know if you remember some years ago there was the Ford Pinto. You remember that? You know. Well, let me tell you this. The church today, the believers today, you need to be a 4250 turbocharged, 6.7. You can't do the work with the Pinto. We got to be all and everything 
in order to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and I am saying this, and I tell you this, uh, uh, going, uh, serving the Lord in Romania, and I'm serving three churches every Sunday. And you know, sometimes in the evening, when I get to church, there, sometimes there is no room to get in. And you know, sometimes because the, the, the church is waiting for the preacher, they are singing for an hour, and sometimes even more until the preacher gets in. Sometimes I have to go through the back. And, and when, when you come here and you see the freedom that we have, you know, the, my question is, are we really in love with the Lord? Are we really in love with the Lord? And you know, I remember a song that I've learned, when, I, when I've learned, I, I've learned English in the church here, you know, about 30-some years ago. And I remember the song. I don't know if you're, some of you that in my age, you remember, I wonder, have I gave my best to Jesus? When He gave it all at the Calvary's cross. So I would like to encourage you today to, 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 to be very serious about your walk with the Lord and serving the Lord. And I picked this passage, and I tell you why, because there are two main imperatives here in this passage, and we are going to see it on the screen. There are two important lessons here, uh, two truths that we need to get it. You cannot serve really the Lord. You cannot give it all if we don't understand the authority of God. And you know, there are two important truths here in this passage. In verse 18, Jesus says that it's the truth about the authority. All authority has been given unto me. Go ahead, the, the, first, the first slide. Because you want to see those two imperatives here. It's crucial. We have to understand. And you know why I say? If, if, uh, and I believe that we are not serving as much as we could. We have resources. We have ability. We have gifts. You know, we just need to be disciplined. Establish our values and priorities to make the most for Jesus today. Because we are all going to be held accountable. You know, all of be held accountable. The truth about the divine authority, this is what I got to get uh, straight really first because it's not the call, it's not the church that calls us it's not the government that calls us that has the authority it's not the religion that has the authority it's not the, the human authority it's God's authority so he's the one Jesus said the truth about the divine authority all authority has been given unto me and the second part of the passage has to do with serving but you gotta we have to understand the relationship between this because if we don't get the first part we're not going to do the the second part, you know, and I tell you is because I know it myself. When, when I came here and my father brought me here, he paid for me to get here. He paid hard currency because the communists were selling people. They were, I don't know if you remember Richard Wurbrand from the, from the martyrs. Okay, he was, he was purchased with $10,000 from the Norwegian Christian Jews. And my father purchased me with $4,000 because I couldn't, he, he paid the price for me. And you realize how important it is to serve the Lord because he, somebody has paid the price for us. And that is challenging. Now the second part, it's about serving. What I like to do with you today is to share with you and go through the importance of the authority. If we understand the authority, it's the, the authority that calls us. I mean, you know, there is always the vulnerability to manipulate authority, to, uh, to disconsider authority. We see it even in the family. Husband wants authority, wife wants authority, and above all, the mother-in-law wants it all. You know what I mean? She wants the authority. But we need to, we need to be uh, uh, clearly understanding the authority. So right now, what I like to do is real quick, we want to go through the, through the fact that Jesus Christ has, and if you want to show me the slide, Jesus Christ has all authority, total authority, complete authority. You know, 
undivided authority, exclusive authority. So it's not just any kind of authority, it's undivided authority. He did not share why is it important. It's not the authority of the Pope, it's not the authority of Matthew, it's not the authority of Paul or Peter, or I don't know, some kind. I'm not a very institutionalized guy. I think God is, Jesus Christ came to build the church. And you know, sometimes I see people that are so, so, uh, uh, how should I say, rooted, or some kind of brainwash of our religion, and some kind of affiliation. We need to be affiliated to Jesus Christ. Amen? He has all the authority, all the authority. So go on and show me that slide there. Uh, uh, there is divine uh, power and authority. And I say divine power and authority because in some translations, instead of authority, it's power. Instead of power, it says authority. But we need to get it. it, it the, this, this authority is in the person of Jesus Christ. It's all the uh, divinity. It's in Christ. The fullness of God's divinity, it's in Christ. You're not going to find anybody on the face of the earth that has that authority there. In the pre it's in the presence of Jesus Christ. So, you know, it's so important if we, if we are concerned about authority because our ultimate authority is Jesus Christ. Nothing else and nobody else. And, and it is the power of Christ. This, this authority, this divine authority, it's exercised. We see it in the power of our Jesus Christ and we see it here in our passage. All authority. Then we have Oh, we have divine power and authority in the name of Christ. And the passage that you have there, you know, Jesus has taught the disciples, everything you ask on my name. And listen, it's so important. It's, you know, the songs that we have, uh, there is no other name like Jesus. Is Emmanuel. Is God with us. There is power in his name. That's why we want to be attached to him. He is the one that God has given to us to be with us, in us, and present with us. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ. And then there is the word of Christ in Colossians 3, 16. How important it is for us to treasure God's word. You know, it's interesting. We have time for the internet. We have time for all sorts of things, for Facebook. We have time for absolutely everything. But we don't have time to spend in the word. It's, it's God's word. It's God's revelation. It is God's wisdom that is communicated to us. You know, I wonder why we fail. Why we sometimes we are even spiritually bankrupt. Because we don't realize the power of Christ that is in Scripture. He is the Word of God. He is God's revelation. So when we speak about the authority, the power and authority, we speak about Jesus Christ, ultimate authority, complete authority, undivided authority. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go further on here. Look at this here, the display of Christ's authority here. Now it's so important, and I put it this because I hope that after we finish today, your heart will be on fire for the Lord. I don't think that the pastor or anybody should come and beg you to serve the Lord. I think you should have that within you, the appetite and the desire to make a difference. Amen? Amen. Now listen to the display here. Why it's unique. Why this is divine authority? It's because it is displayed in Scripture. The only one that has the power and authority uh, uh, to forgive sins is Jesus Christ. Nobody can forgive sins. And this should be of such encouragement, regardless of how great the sin is, regardless of how many sins we have, how big is the package, you know. He is the one that has the power through His blood to forgive all sins and sanctify each one of us. Amen. 
That's the power and authority. Then we have the power to bring salvation. The power and authority to bring salvation. 19, Luke 19, 9. Then the power and authority over the evil spirits. The deliverance and the songs today were just wonderful. If anyone needs to have deliverance and freedom to be rescued, to taken out of its own darkness, the only one they can do. Listen, everything, psychology is important and all kinds of therapies are important. But if you haven't known Jesus yet, the only one that has power to rescue to heal it's jesus christ he has the authority over the sicknesses and we have examples in scripture listen that's what we get together in church not because we are saints you know no no we are coming together to encourage each other to find christ to understand christ to be healed by christ and to be rescued by christ amen that's what the church is all about here the power and authority over the nature i think i think you know there are you remember when Jesus uh, prayed, the winds were the waves, you know. And I think we got to put a lesson with the rain in California here. And I think, I think the people in Oroville were challenged to really pray and, and accept who has the authority over the rains and over the skies and over the clouds. Amen? Imagine if we understand clearly the authority, how important it is to be connected to the one that has full authority, total authority. He's the creator. You know, let's go further on here. Power and authority to execute judgment. Now listen, no one has the power to authority and authority to execute judgment. The only one, we are all going to sit to the throne. Of, you know, this scares me. It will come the time when they are going to sit before the throne of grace. And we are going to give an account. Your health, your resources, your intelligence, your intellectuality, your position that you have. Everything you are, it's grace from God. And you are going to give, you are a husband, you are a wife, you are a grandchild, you are a child. Your relationships, your resources, your involvement, your priorities, your hobbies, your businesses. We are going to give an account. And it will come the time, the scripture says, we are going to sit before the throne of judgment of God. He has the authority. And the scripture says, Jesus will not come as a savior. He will come as a judge when he comes. You know, this is pretty scary. And I tell you, that's what sometimes, you know, my wife is a prayer warrior. warrior. She prays a lot. You know, sometimes, sometimes she, prays so, she prays so long that I say, listen, stop it. I don't even know what to pray anymore. You know, you just go on and on. You know, and, 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 and sometimes, you know what I do? I say, listen, uh, uh, now I want to stop it. I, I, want, I want to pray. And I want just me and the Lord. I got some things that I have to tell him. You don't even have to know about that. You know. So there are things, you know, when you realize that he has the power to cleanse our mind, to realign, to harmonize, to synchronize our lives according with his will. I believe that the church today should be a force to move. It is God's presence on earth only through us, through the church. Amen? Amen. Now let's go further on here. Why submit to the divine authority of Jesus Christ? The question is, why submit? The problem is, if you, you're not going to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, you're going to submit under different authority. Let me tell you this. In Romania, there was communism because people chose communism. People chose socialism. They wanted to set themselves under that authority. And they suffered for that. You know, decades they've destroyed the minds of the people. You know something? By law, in Romania, by law, Elementary, from elementary all the way to high school, there is Bible classes from elementary all the high school. Imagine, mandatory by law. You know why? They've realized 
what, 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 the, uh, what the, the communist government and the atheistic government has done with the minds of people. They brainwashed them. So now they have, to, they have to bring back morals. They have to bring back the wisdom of God in the children. That's what's important. You see, that's the authority. They submitted, they submitted to atheistic authority, humanistic authority. And I believe as a church, you need to be so wise and make the most of it. We have the presence of God with us. Amen? Because he is the image of the invisible God. Because in his dwells all the fullness of God. And listen to this last one here. It's so important. Not only that he has all the authority, but he created the authority. Why settle for less? Why, why be mediocre? I want to go for the best. You know what I mean? Who should obey? We should obey who created the authority. And Apostle Paul says, but for by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things have created by him and for him. Amen? Amen. Listen, it's an honor and a privilege to obey Christ. And you know, after, uh, after 20 years in the States, by trade, I'm a, I'm a tool and die maker. And I've worked for, for the Hitachi, for the Japanese, for many years. And boy, when you get established, you know, when you get a good job and you buy a house and you have children and you're all settled and you're secure and you get pretty good insurance and all that stuff, you know, benefits and pension. I, I remember when communism collapsed. Boy, my pastor came to me and he said, John, have you ever thought of going back to your country? Mm. And you know, let's face it, we all have a little materialism in us. Well, so wait a minute, I just got to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just beginning to get into it, you know. But let me tell you, he said, you know the language, you know the culture. You can make a difference, your own people. You know why I'm saying this? Because I've seen the beautiful songs in Spanish. And I see that you are here. You are here because God has brought you here. We don't believe in luck and circumstances. All of you Mexicans or Spanish, you have a responsibility. You have come to this country and you have come to know the Lord. Where you are, you got to make a difference. And I want to challenge you, make the difference. Señor de Cristo murió en la cruz per nosotros pecado. And for Mexico too. And they need to know the Lord. Amen. And I want to say this, you know, as we get into the serving party, because, you know, we must accept the authority of Jesus Christ. We must be submissive to the authority of Jesus Christ. And we must demonstrate obedience to the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, the passage in Acts 4, 19 and 5, 29, it's when Peter, there was, there was opposition. Listen, it's not in style to obey God. And I'm speaking even to a younger generation. It's not in style, you know. No, people don't want to see, people don't want to see Christians that are carefully submitting to the authority of God. And Peter said, what is right? To submit to man? To obey man? Or to obey God? That is a question for us today. Now, we talked about the authority. Let's go now to the second part. Because uh, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to share with you the importance, the imperative of understanding the, the authority that it's calling us. In fact, you know, it's a command. You know, not only an invitation to serve God. It's a command. And it's a privilege. You know, we are not forced. God can do the work without us. You know, but it's a privilege. He wants us to be involved. He wants us to make a difference. You're going to see it later on here. So now, I want to, let's go to the, to the, to the second part of the message here. Now, go therefore. We are called 
to go. We are called to be active. You can't stay passive knowing that Christ is coming soon. Time is clicking. And we need to be good administrators of, of the resources that God has given us. We are called to go. And I want to share with you this here. I, I am thankful for what you have done already thousands of miles away. And, uh, and there's just a few things in this four-minute clip that I was able to show you. In one year, 100 accepted Christ. You know, and baptisms, I was just so enjoying to see the baptism here. Uh, baptisms in Romania are powerful. It's a community celebration. The city hall comes in. The police comes in. The fire everybody comes in and the, and the candidates the ones that are dressed in white they're publicly giving their testimony because there are so many non-believers that are coming so they would understand that they haven't been brainwashed it's not changing the religion they are, they are sharing the power of Christ that have changed their lives so Daniela what are you thank you for coming here and making that difference here now uh, uh, let's go to the second uh, we, we want to go into the second party the importance and the imperative not only of the authority of God, but of serving God. Why I'm saying this, you have made a difference um, um, through uh, many ministries and missions, organizations that are there. You can't imagine how God has used you thousands of miles away. But I want to share something with you. You are Jerusalem for us, you know. We are Judea, Samaria, and to the rest. You are Jerusalem. If you're not serious, and if, you're, if, the, if, the, if the Jerusalem doesn't have a foundation, we are going to be weak over there. We are going to be weak. So why we are asking you is make a difference here. Be faithful here. Begin to take seriously. You know exactly where you need to go. Maybe your neighbor, your colleagues, maybe your family that are unsaved. Don't come to church alone. You know, we shared about the evangelism in Romania. That traditionally, there are two periods during the year, January, February, and March, uh, and then October, November, and December, where all evangelical churches have evangelistic meetings, sometimes from Sunday to Sunday, every evening for about two or three hours. So the beauty of it is that all, it's good music. Every, it's about an hour of music, and then there is the preaching. All pastors rotate. You know, all pastors. It's harvest time. And I get to preach about 2,000, sometimes 30 times. We rotate to all the churches. And, and you know what? It's amazing. The believers, they are trained to invite non-believers. It's harvest time. They never come alone to church because they know what Jesus has done for them. So they know that the same Jesus can do and be a blessing for the others. So to me, even though sometimes I'm exhausted, sometimes I'm tired, when I see the hunger of the people coming, when I see 20 people come forward or accepting Christ, that's amazing. And I tell you this, if the churches are in a situation that are today, even here, we can't say that we don't have freedom. You can't say that we don't have servants. You can't say that you don't have theological trained servants and pastors. No, it is because we need to take it seriously. We need to, I grew up without a, without a pastor and the churches underground. The church during communism, we didn't have a pastor for years and years and years. But people were coming, even if they were just reading the scripture. But what I'm saying, you have to fall in love with the Lord, you know. I remember when I was in love, I'm still in love after 35 years anyway, you know. But I remember when I, when I was in love in the beginning, I couldn't wait to see my wife. I, I didn't even eat the whole day, you know what I mean? I wanted to see her. I wanted to be the first one to meet her. I was about 50, 20 minutes before she got there, you know, because I want to see her. I want to enjoy being in her presence. He is the groom and we are the bride. You remember the words that Peter, uh, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? 
Peter, do you love me? And the end, the, you know what Jesus said? Then go and my sheep. You all have sheep around you that needs to be fed because Jesus has fed you. So you have a responsibility. If there are hungry people around you, spiritually, and they do all stupid things, and they are into drugs, or they are into depression, or they are in, it's be, we are there. The only Christ in you, the hope of glory. And God has put you around these people. It's not by accident that you can share Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's go further on here. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's called a Christian believer. Uh, go, go back, go back. It's called, and I, you know, these, these verses here has to do with go. Has to do with go. It's an imperative. You know, go, in our passage, we are called to make disciples. We are called to make a difference. And Pastor Philip Howard has invested 30 years in me. I saw his heart. I saw his passion for the Lord. He brought his wife to the class. I saw, his fa I saw the dedication and, and the drive. I tell you, we need to motivate others and to make a difference for Christ in the lives of others. Go and make disciples. Invest. Reproduce yourself. Secondly, it's called go and serve communicating the gospel. Preach the gospel. Mark 16. And you know, you don't have to be a philosopher. You don't have to have theological training to tell people what Christ has done for you. To tell him who he is and his love for you. And you know, the, the, the forgiveness that, that Christ is giving you. You don't have to be a theologian. Sometimes we understand that you got to do to theological schooling and, and degrees and all that. No, no, no. Go and serve communicating the truth of Christ. It's so-called go. It's called the Christian believer. It's called to go and serve being a witness for Christ. You remember? Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power. For what? For what? You it's an investment of divine power, indwelling of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit, the wisdom of the Spirit in you to be my witnesses, to be a witness, to make a difference, whatever you are. I don't know if I shared last time, you know, but I have a few experiences. I like to go to Starbucks because people, you know what's interesting about the Starbucks, you know, people go because they want to socialize, you know what I mean? I mean, coffee is coffee. You can do the coffee at home. So I like to go. I see all sorts of people, and I can sit quietly if I don't talk to people, and I see my coffee. What's, the, what's in it for the Lord after all, you know, besides the good coffee, you know? So I remember, you know, I went to, my family lives up north uh, uh, towards uh, Washington. So anytime we come back uh, or we pass through one little town that I love, this it's called Ashland, Oregon. You remember that little town? Oh boy, that's crazy. I like that. It's kind of a hippish, you know, type of thing. You have the Shakespeare uh, Center there, and you have the Southern Oregon University there. And I stopped. And I, I, my dream was as a young man, I like to serve here. I like to make a difference in the life of the young generation here. But times have changed. We went to Romania. But uh, that's uh, nostalgia causes us to stop and have coffee there. So I stopped in one day uh, in the morning, early in the morning. And I ordered my coffee. And I sat with my family there. Uh, after about five minutes, a gentleman, a man, a man came in. He was a local. He came in. And it was near holidays. And it was, a, uh, it was a, a Christmas music on the speakers. Very nicely, Christmas music. And when this guy got in, he was so angry. And you know, he was so mad. And he started to holler at the lady, turn that music off, loud. Turn that music off, I don't want to hear that music. I looked at the guy, and boy, my, the blood started to pump. <laughs> and I said, boy, it's so good that I'm a believer. <laughs> you know. And uh, after, uh, I, I couldn't, uh, uh, after about five minutes, he got his coffee and he sat at the table. I took my coffee and I went to his table. 
And I said, may I sit with you? He said, yeah, sure. I said, listen, I saw you coming into the store, into the coffee shop. And I saw your attitude and your behavior. And that bothered me bad. Your words. You told the lady to turn the music off. There was Christmas music. And I want to say, I don't know you. And probably you'll never see me again. But I want to tell you something. My grandfather, my grandfather was arrested. He was tortured. And he was sentenced to nine years in prison uh, in Romania. Because he didn't have the freedom to listen to this music. By God's grace, I came to this country. God has given me the honor, the privilege to be adopted, to come to this nation. And I couldn't come to listen to this music. I couldn't wait to come and enjoy the Christmas music. It's the freedom, the beauty of America. And you came in with your attitude that bothered me. That's discouraging that it's not American. I hope you change your mind. He looked at me, he turned pale. <laughs> I took off, I thought he might have a gun or something. <laughs> but anyway, I want to say something. You might have an occasion, maybe it's not Starbucks, your colleagues, your friends, your neighbors, to let them know who Jesus is, to let them know what Christ has done for you. Be creative, ask for the wisdom, be bold. You don't have nothing to lose to let people know about Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Don't come to church alone. Don't, don't. Bring them in. Let them know what is happening here. Yes, go on. It's, it's called uh, go and serve being a witness, and it's called to go and serve showing the love of Christ. That's in Luke 10. You remember the good Samaritan? Jesus says, go and do the same. Go and do, and you speak about the Bay Area rescue mission. Go and do the same. It's not the church, the institution. It's you, members of the body of Christ. We have to make the difference. We are called to make the difference. You do the same as Jesus did. Amen? Amen. Let's go on serving. Yes, yes, we are called to do that. The Christian believer, the member of the body of Christ is called to serve, looking at the model and example of Jesus Christ. You know. Uh, we, we need examples in our lives, and I hope that you are going to be an example for your grandchildren, you know, and for your children and for your neighbors. We are called to be an example. You know why? In Mark 10, 45, and even in Philippians, Jesus left the glory of heaven, the beauty of heaven. He came and he, he bound servant. He left it all. He came, humbled himself to serve because in Mark 10, 45, it says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. That's the example. So the question is, am I really serving the Lord? Am I really bound? Am I taking his example? He's called the Christian. You know, you, you see this that I mentioned in the Christian believer. You can't expect any kind of believer to make the difference. Only the Christian believer can make the difference for God and for the glory of God. We're not talking about a different religion here. A different, no, we are called the true, authentic, genuine Christian believer that submits to the authority of Jesus Christ. He's called to put to work a spiritual gift for the edification of the body. Listen. I know it. I remember it. At least one gift. At least one. You got the gifts. So the question is, what are you doing with what you have been given with the resources that you have? Have you made a difference in the people's life? For the, what is your gift? Have you put it to work? When it comes to church, this is what we need to do. I don't think anybody should be called, will you please serve in a worship team? Will you please serve in a children's ministry? You should go into Romania and see people that haven't had a chance to do it. How they're doing it today because they are afraid they are going to lose freedom. And let me tell you this. It's probably going to come. It's probably going to come. So you don't want to feel sorry. I wish I could have done it. 
I wish when I was healthy. I wish when I was able to walk. I wish when I was able to think, to do it. Don't wait too long. Invest it now when you can. Amen? Amen. Let's go further on here. It's called, the Christian believer is called to look at the model of Jesus Christ, put spiritual gifts to, uh, for the edification of the body of Christ. And then let's go further on. The Christian believer is called knowing. Listen to the, I love this verse. It is amazing. I am not just any kind of servant. You are not just any kind of servant. No, no. We are called, and I remember, I remember once when I came here, you mentioned about royalty. We are Imagine how God calls us. He's called to serve knowing that we are holy and royal priests of God. Royalty. I'm not a Baptist servant. No, I'm not a, I'm not a Presbyterian servant. I'm not a Methodist. I'm not a Lutheran. I am royalty. I serve the King, the creator of the universe. Imagine. It's wonderful. What a privilege to do that. We're given the privilege to serve. Royalty. Let's go. Royalty. And that should more, be so motivating. We know that he can do it without us, but are called to do it for him. You know, not as any kind of priest. It's so called to serve with the assurance of the continuous presence of Christ. And even in our verse in Matthew 8, uh, 28, 20, you remember what Jesus said, and lo, um, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, I have a few other passages here. You're not going to do it alone. He's going to be with you. You can't say, I can't do it. I don't have the wisdom. I don't know how to do it. You have it because he's going to be with us. The assurance, he's going to be with us. He's going to show you. He's going to open the doors. We just have to be connected. We have to be uh, open and we have to be ready for it. Amen? Boy, imagine what would the Valley Bible if we're Christians dedicated on fire for the Lord here. If the whole community will see uh, hundreds of cars coming on Sunday morning, what are these people doing? Where are they going? Why are they running on Sunday morning? Because they want to meet the Savior. <laughs> because they really believe in Him. They trust in Him. They worship Him. And they love Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go further on. Yes, 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 yes. Christian believer, the member of the body of Christ, it's called to serve knowing that we might pay the price and suffer like Christ. It gets tougher here. It's not in style to be a Christian. I remember even some of my family say, you're brainwashed, you're crazy, too much church. I mean, you know, you go in the morning, you go in the evening, come on, take it easy. Yeah, it's not. But listen to this here. Christ knowing that we might pay the price. I remember... Uh, uh, Mr. Richard Vorbrand, the voice of the martyrs. I came to know the man. I saw 14 years in prison. My granddad, my grandfather, uh, after 40, you, you, you can't imagine the torture, you know. You can't imagine the suffering. You know what Warren Wiersbe says? Ministry without suffering is worth nothing. If you haven't suffered yet, it's a problem. Ministry without suffering, it's... it's it, it, I remember as a, as a young child, I visited my grandfather, you know, to a deportation camp. Every co communist country had a Siberia. And I remember visiting him when I was just a small little kid. And his face was radiating because he knew, he, I, if I have to pay the price for Christ, you know, we, listen, it's worth doing it. It's worth doing it. I love America. And, you know, it's very hard to go back. After he came in and he stayed about six months, boy, it's tough to go back. You know what I mean? But listen, uh, I remember John Calvin once says, learning to live in the light of eternity. Learning to live your life in the light of eternity. 
Don't keep your eyes only horizontally. But learning to live your life, in, you might have to suffer. But it's worth doing it. It's worth doing it in the light. Regardless of how beautiful the home is, how beautiful car you have, a beautiful situation and investments and all that. Listen, it will come to the point where you're going to live it all. It's all gone, you know. And then you're going to remember, what have I done for Christ? That's what counts. What have I done for Christ? Amen? Listen to this. It's called to serve Christ, knowing that we receive the reward from Christ. Let me tell you, I teach at a seminary in Bucharest, you know. I'm not a very highly intellectual theologian, but I love to spend time with the students, those that involved. I'm more of a hands-on type of guy. But anyway, you know what is interesting is, a hundred years ago, 100 years ago, believers, missionaries, American Baptist believers went to Romania, 1920s, and bought a property downtown Bucharest, and they built two four-story buildings that became the seminary, theological seminary, 100 years ago. In 1945, communism took over. And they wanted to control that. They wanted to demolish that. They wanted to destroy that and everything. But they couldn't. Because that was American land. That acted like an American embassy. Vision. Faithful servants of God. A hundred years ago, a hand of full servants of God that made a difference over a century because they dedicated their lives and their, their resources Imagine you invested here today, a hundred years later, after I'm gone, after Pastor Philip Howard is gone, after all of us are gone, there will be new generations that will be coming, and they will learn to serve and praise the Lord because somebody has invested here. Amen. I remember, I remember I was 17 years old, 16 years old. No, no, maybe 12 years old when I got my first Bible. And it was on the Friday. It was on a Friday when they were smuggling the Bible. I don't know if you remember those, uh, those ugly-looking Volkswagen buses. You see that? You, you, see, you, you see them over there, you know, they got some uh, uh, Mariana uh, uh, leaves on it. You know what I mean? Funny-looking buses. These they were used with double walls to bring a smuggled Bibles in. And I remember when I got my first Bible on a Friday, when they came with, with all those hundreds of Bibles and you had to get it in two minutes, had to be spread because otherwise they'll confiscate the Bible. I got my Bible because somebody has served the Lord here. Somebody has invested. The widow that has paid the price for me as a child to get a Bible in my hands because somebody was faithful, you know, 60, 70 years ago in a seminary training, you know. I remember as a child, Talking about serving. I remember my grandfather and my father would lock the gates, lock the windows, and, and turn to Voice of America, and turn to KCJB. It was broadcasted through Monte Carlo. And listen to the Word of God as a child, because somebody served the Lord here. Somebody was faithful. I hope that this faithfulness will continue here at Valley Bible. You have been a blessing for us, but you got to be a blessing for here. It's painful to see sometimes what it's happening here. We're losing ground at home. Jerusalem has to be strong and powerful. This is our home base. You are our family, and we want to we share with you what you have done 15,000 miles away. And hopefully it happens here also. Amen? Amen? I'm getting closer to the end. Listen to this challenge here. Oh, this is wonderful. You know, you're always going to have people that are discouraging around you. Joshua did. It was not in style, even these people around, they had different priorities. And Joshua saw these guys, they were very smart and opposing. And he said, and if it is disagreeable in your side to serve the Lord, 
choose. Listen, if it is disagreeable. Some people are just too lazy or too comfortable or disagreeable. And Joshua said, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods over your father served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, the evil gods, in whose land you are living. But listen to this, and I hope we can say that today, all of us. I hope we can say it with all our hearts, because you can only say it if you have the Holy Spirit in you. Because He's the one that gives you the power and the wisdom to serve the Lord. Then it says, but as for me and my house, we Amen. Let's say it together. Let's say it together. Amen. Let's say it together. Amen. And as for me, my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to close. I want to close here. And I want to close with my preferred passage of Scripture. This is one of my, God has touched my heart with this passage, Apostle Paul. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. And it says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Before this passage, you know, it's amazing, the challenge. Apostle Paul says, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. If, if Jesus will speak to you today, and he will say, listen, make the most of every opportunity. Let's be wise. Be careful how you live your life, how you organize, how you discipline, your values, your priorities, your resources. To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Making the most. That means I have to squeeze every second. I have to squeeze every minute. In serving the Lord. You remember one of the most beautiful movies, Schindler's List. I love the movie. Watch it and watch the last part, the last section, the last couple of minutes when Schindler was faced with the Jews that took their teeth out and they made a ring for him. And, and uh, because he saved so many lives uh, 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 so, so they wouldn't go to Auschwitz and be burned and killed. And then he looked at his car. His eye was blocked and he saw his car. And he said, I could have sold that. I could have sold that and saved more Jews. I could have sold that so I could save more Jews. Why haven't I done it? May the Holy Spirit challenge us to make the most of every opportunity so we can say together, as for me, as for us and our houses, oy, with love, dedication, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. And thank you.